What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for February the 6th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show, which is slightly late. Uh, so we normally don't start off the show with an anecdote, but hey, here we are today going off with an anecdote. So basically what happened is that my cable that connects to my camera that is then routed into my cam link sort of kind of got bent while I was playing around with my camera and eventually the HDMI cable just kind of broke. So, unless you guys wanted an ASMR-only version of Caffeinate, we had to postpone the show for a couple of minutes. But hey, it's all right. This is not a professional show, at least not by my standards. But uh, with that aside, for those that are brand new, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry, and I pack it up in one tight, neat little podcast for you to enjoy. And today... We have big news about Anthem because it is going to be one of the biggest games of the spring. And if the recent demos are anything to go off of, people are going to be absolutely eating it up. And EA seems to know that because they're expecting Anthem to sell 6 million copies in just six weeks. For those that can't do quick maths, that's 1 million copies per week at least. Or 2 million for three weeks. Depends on how you look at it. If it did sell zero copies for the other three, you know what I'm saying. Uh, anyways... This is also because, and they're hoping big things for Anthem, because Battlefield 5 did not meet EA's sales expectations, and it actually contributed to one of the biggest drops in stock price in over a decade for the company. Not looking good. Now, a company that's doing very well is Rockstar Games, because Red Dead Redemption 2 has shipped 23 million units. On top of that, the Warface team, excuse me, not Warframe, they're doing perfectly fine. The Warface team, a free-to-play first-person shooter, has split from Crytek to form Blackwood Games. We'll talk more about that. There is a Crackdown 3 multiplayer technical test starting tomorrow on the Xbox One and the PC. If you are an Xbox insider or if you want to become one, you can take part in that. Take two CEO on Epic Store. We have not been a believer in exclusive relationships. They are opening up their doors to pretty much sell their games wherever their games can be sold. That includes the Epic Store, without a doubt. Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered finally has a release date, one that is very close to my birthday, at least in my regards. So hopefully I'll be able to get this game, and I love, love, love Assassin's Creed 3 specifically. So I would love to see this in my account or on my PlayStation 4. But on top of that, for those that are still playing Fortnite and completely and totally ignoring the rise of Apex Legends, guess what? You can now merge all of your accounts together and get your V-Bucks all in one place. Fantastic news for those that have been waiting for this feature for pretty much about two years now. Uh, so those are the stories of the day, and I do hope you guys enjoy today's show. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. First off, as we said, our headliner for the day is EA expects Anthem to sell 6 million copies in just six weeks. EA has forecast sales of 5 to 6 million for Anthem before the end of the fiscal year. CEO Andrew Wilson told investors that the demo left players, quote, realizing it is a game that's unlike any other game they've ever played. While CFO Blake Jorgensen said that the publisher has forecast sales of the game to reach 5 to 6 million by the end of the fiscal year, which ends on March the 31st. We think there is a great opportunity, not just this year for Anthem, but that should sell well for a long period of time as we add more content through the live service plan, Wilson added. Anthem's demo ran over two weekends with a VIP session for players who had pre-ordered being the first to roll out. Unfortunately, the first session was plagued with issues and EA promised that the second would run much more smoothly. 
The final weekend closed out with a live event called The Storm, which spawned ancient Ash Titans in free play. Just yesterday, BioWare announced that Anthem players racked up 40 million hours of playtime over both demo weekends. EA launched another title this week that seems to be going over well, of course, that is Apex Legends, and we talked about that in yesterday's episode of Caffeinate, uh, where they have hit 2.5 million players within 24 hours of actually coming out. But now, if you wanted to pre-order Anthem, or if you wanted to put it on your calendar, the game is coming out on February the 22nd of 2019 on the PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. And without a doubt, this is going to be one of the biggest games of the spring, and as I said on Twitter, uh, potentially one of the biggest games of 2019. I really do believe this game has the stopping power uh, to really maintain dominance, especially when it comes to looter shooters. Because, as we've been saying for the past year or so, uh, there is a gap that Destiny 2 has sort of kind of left. Of course, the game has recovered a good bit, uh, and the game has become what Destiny players somewhat expected, but at the same time, there is a desire, a draw for a brand new looter shooter, and Anthem does look to really kind of scratch that itch for a lot of people. Uh, so, if you did want to dive in and check it out, you can be one of the predicted six million that jumps in on day one, or at least within the first six weeks of the, of the launch, because, you know, six million, it's easily achievable, right? Yeah, just kidding, it probably is. Uh, but, of course, EA is hoping that Anthem is going to do well because Battlefield 5 did not meet EA's sales expectations. It's contributed to one of the biggest drops in stock prices in over a decade. EA stock is facing its worst drop in more than a decade, with CEO Andrew Wilson warning that the significant challenge it faced during the third fiscal quarter would carry on through the fourth. This is in part due to Battlefield 5's performance, which sold a million fewer copies than EA had anticipated. That's a good many, in my personal opinion. By Tuesday, the company's stock had declined by around 18%. As MarketWatch notes, it's the most significant decline of the millennium for EA and brings it close to its largest ever decline, which was on December 17, 1999. It dropped by 25.5% and at the time of writing, it started to rise slightly, fluctuating between 15 to 17%. In a conference call, Wilson also mentioned Battlefield 5's delay and that this launch around the holidays meant that it was often discounted to ensure it could compete with other games vying for attention of holiday shoppers. As as a result of these decisions, we struggled to gain momentum and did not meet expectations for the quarter, Wilson said. We made some calculated decisions that did not work as planned in Q3 and we did not execute well in other areas of our business. Against the backdrop of a very competitive quarter, the combination of those factors led to our underperformance. EA did post an increase in both revenue and profit, though. The net income for the third financial quarter was $262 million, with revenue amounting to $1.29 billion. You know, just an easy billion. Nothing to worry about. You know, just just, just, just a billion. During the same three-month period last year, revenue was $1.16 billion, and net bookings, however, fell. These take into account commitments like annual subscriptions, and EA reported a drop from $1.97 billion to $1.61 billion. February is undoubtedly going to be an important month. As we've talked, Anthem is coming out, and on top of that, Apex Legends has been really making some waves. Uh, now, Random Streak in the chat says, Battlefield 5 isn't even a polished game yet. All Battlefield games take a year to reach their peak, and I would agree with that statement to some regard. 
Uh, now, of course, when it comes to the status of Battlefield 5 as it stands right now, I really do enjoy the game. Now, I did buy the game at a discount over the holiday season, and I did enjoy it on the PlayStation 4. But as time went on, I really did want the agility of a PC kind of set up with mouse and keyboard, so I rebought the game again via Origin for my PC. And with that second purchase, I really kind of got back into the game, and I started to embrace it more and more. And so as I began to kind of dig into it and really give it a good shot for the first time, and it it became the daily grind for a couple of weeks, uh, it really is a solid Battlefield experience, one that does kind of hone in uh, those classic Battlefield experiences that I remember growing up with Battlefield 3 and Battlefield Bad Company 2. Uh, there's a lot of that within the newer Battlefields if you really do dig deep enough. Now, of course, with that being said, for people to dig deep enough, you have to sell copies of the game. And that's apparently not what's happening right now. Uh, of course, a lot of people say it's because of the setting of World War II, where it does feel old as compared to these modern kinds of suitors, uh, such as Apex Legends, which is, of course, a very different style of game. But the setting feels so much more modern and fast-paced, and it's just a different style of game ultimately, and apparently one that gamers and fans of first-person shooters aren't that interested in, selling less than, you know, a lot uh, as compared to what was anticipated to begin with. Now, of course, EA is not going to be going under anytime soon. Uh, they have a pretty big 2019 planned with Jedi Fallen Order still scheduled for fall of 2019. Uh, but as Random Streak did point out, time goes on and Battlefield games begin to evolve. Uh, I'll use as an example Battlefield 4 because on launch day, Battlefield 4 was a completely different game as compared to, I would say, two years later, whenever all of the DLC had been launched and all of the additional content had been rolled out and updates had come that had improved the game drastically. These games, specifically online connected first person shooters, do continue to improve over time as developers take notes from the community and begin to implement changes within their game on top of adding additional content. So will Battlefield 5 begin to evolve and begin to change? Perhaps. You know, there is the big Battle Royale update that should be coming sometime in the spring, uh, so that could be very exciting for some people. But again, EA is kind of giving a mixed signal here because you do have the Battlefield 5 BR, but on top of that, you just released Apex Legends uh, that is the number one game on Twitch at the time of this video. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't know if the marketing is there and if the drive is there for Battlefield 5 to really kind of regain its confidence in a way and to make a significant resurgence. I hope it does because it's a very fun game. I love everything about it. But again, just a couple of changes here and there. It could be a big, big contender. However, has the ship sailed? That's kind of a person-to-person -person subjective decision. Now, one game that is doing very, very well and one game that is absolutely stellar is Red Dead Redemption 2 and it has shipped 23 million copies sold. Complete and total side note, uh, if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, oh my god, this thing is good. So, in a Take-Two earnings call, the publisher behind Red Dead Redemption 2 revealed that the anticipated Old West game has shipped 23 million copies to retailers since its October launch. That means that since the initial Week 1 shipment, Take-Two reported in November, Red Dead has shipped an extra 6 million copies over the holiday. This is another distinction between shipped and sold, so it does not necessarily mean that Red Dead Redemption 2 has sold 23 million copies, but it's probably pretty close. Despite this huge number, Take-Two's stock price is overall lower than expected, so Red Dead alone isn't solving all of their problems. 
It was reported by the MPD group that Red Dead Redemption pulled ahead of Call of Duty to be the best-selling game of the year in the United States, though with that caveat that Call of Duty Black Ops 4's PC sales were not counted into its total. Assuming Red Dead Redemption continues to sell, though, it is likely that retailers will continue ordering more copies. And of course, this game is phenomenal, okay? When it comes to story-based games, Red Dead Redemption 2 is perhaps a bit longer than it really needed to be, that's what she said, uh, but still a fantastic experience and one that really does hit home uh, and really does kind of hit in the heart. It is a really, really stellar experience. Uh, so if you haven't played it, I would highly recommend playing it without a doubt. But 23 million copies shipped is a significant milestone in my opinion. But on top of that, uh, the fact that it was the best-selling game in 2018 over Call of Duty in the States, uh, even if those PC numbers for Black Ops 4 were not counted, uh, the fact that it's even a marginal contender is something that is mind-blowing. And that just goes to show how powerful Rockstar really is because they can release any game and people buy it. And by people, I mean the mainstream gamers. Uh, you know, with Call of Duty and Madden, uh, they are continuously resurging every single year as some of the biggest sellers, if not for the month that they come out for the entire year. And that's because some people simply go and buy the newest Call of Duty and the newest Madden every year, along with stuff like NBA 2K18, 19, whatever year it might be. Uh, but for Red Dead Redemption 2 to pull out shows that that mainstream audience that saw Rockstar Games with Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5, uh, they began to return for Red Dead Redemption 2. And those that maybe played Red Dead Redemption growing up came back for the sequel, even though they might just normally buy a couple of games every year. That's a very significant point that I do want to drive home. Big stuff happening there. So again, if you have not played uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, it's probably not going to have a price drop. It might go on sale, but man, Rockstar Games just hold in there when it comes to their value. But hey, totally worth renting at least, and then you'll probably end up buying it anyway because it's just such a good game. Ah, good game. Controls, a little bit iffy, but still, quality game. Now one game that is Potentially a quality game, not really, but still a potentially quality game, Warface has a team that has split from Crytek to form Blackwood Games. The new studio will take over and continue development on Warface franchise going forward. Today, the development team at Crytek Kyiv, behind free-to-play shooter Warface, has announced it will be parting ways with Crytek and forming a separate studio, Blackwood Games. In an official blog post, the Warface team announced the Blackwood Games will be led by Warface creative director Michael Kimezon? I'm going to go with that. And going forward, we'll be in charge of future development on the Warface franchise. Quote, the development team of Warface has always inspired us, said Crytek's CEO. To go independent in order to enable a closer partnership with the game's publisher is a strategic move, which we all agree is best for the future of the game. At the same time, this recognition will allow us to focus on our own core IPs and long-term plans. Warface is currently published by My.com in North America and Europe. Strange. My.com has previously published the game from launch in Russia and other nearby regions. Prior to the Switch, Warface was published in North America and Europe by a partnership between Tryon Worlds and Crytek. It was a tough decision to leave Crytek after all these years, but sometimes you need change to evolve, Keisman said. It is very important for us to focus on developing Warface in a way that lives up to players' expectations. We have kept the development team intact and their expertise will allow us to move forward with our plans and ideas. Yet we are very thankful to Crytek for all the great years together and for their commendable support of this move. And I will admit, 
interesting stuff. Now, for those that don't know what Warface is, it is a Call of Duty-esque shooter uh, that does blend in elements of different first-person shooters, but ultimately it's a free-to-play game on PS4 uh, and PC as of right now, if I remember correctly. Uh, the reason that it rises to prominence in my mind is that it did fill a kind of gap uh, where Fortnite was beginning to kind of die down for a lot of streamers, especially those that played on Facebook, because for one reason or another, I end up watching some streams on Facebook from time to time, and Warface begins to kind of rise to the top. Whether that was ad-funded kind of gameplay, I, I don't really know. Don't really remember, to be honest with you. Uh, but overall, it's a free-to-play game, and you can check it out if you do want it. But it's an impressive game, considering it is not from a significant, uh, you know, household name brand studio. However, with Blackwood Games becoming the new norm uh, for the development team for Warface, hopefully this begins to grow and evolve, and it could become a big contender uh, for your first-person shooter attention in the next five to ten years, maybe? Uh, maybe even two to three. It's crazy how things shift in the gaming industry these days, because normally uh, you would have one game rising to prominence for a very long time and then falling off gradually. Now, you have stuff like Apex Legends, where it hits and is announced on the same day and is absolutely a worldwide sensation. And it, will it die down? Who knows? It's always an exciting time because you never know what's going to be coming up next in the world of gaming. I mean, Monster Hunter World rose to the top. It was the cream, as Macho Man Randy Savage would say. However, I digress. Let's go ahead and move on to the next story. Crackdown 3 is one of the most anticipated games coming out on Xbox in 2019 because, quite frankly, it's one of the only Xbox exclusives coming out in 2019 that people really care about. But there is a Crackdown 3 multiplayer technical test starting tomorrow on the Xbox One and the PC. But, of course, you will need to become an Xbox insider to actually play the game. Microsoft has announced that it will be hosting a Crackdown 3 multiplayer technical test starting tomorrow, February 7th, on the Xbox One and the PC. The technical test is being held to, quote, ensure a smooth experience for everyone when Crackdown 3 officially launches on February the 15th and is focused on the game's Wrecking Zone multiplayer mode. Specifically, participants will have access to Crackdown 3's Agent Hunter mode on the Blackout Zone map, which challenges players to score the most points by taking out opposing agents and collecting their badge. Wrecking Zone says Microsoft utilizes the cloud in ways never done before. Presumably referencing the mode's server-calculated environmental destruction and the aim of the technical test is to gather as much information, feedback, and bug reports as possible. The Wrecking Zone technical test launches tomorrow, February 7th, with two three-hour play sessions currently scheduled. The first begins at 8 p.m. in the UK, 12 p.m. Pacific time, while the second starts on February 8th at 5 a.m. UK time, and that is February 7th at 9 p.m. Pacific time. Did you get that? Neither did I. It's linked down below. To play, participants will first need to download the technical test client available from 5 p.m. in the UK to 9 a.m. Pacific time over here in the States. Access to the client is restricted, though, to Xbox Insiders, but anyone can join the program. Simply download the Xbox Insider Hub from either the Xbox One or the Windows 10 Store. Once done, launch the app and navigate to Insider Content, Games, Wrecking Zone, Technical Test, and select Join, wait for registration to complete, and then follow the link back to the store. Microsoft says it will be holding additional tech test sessions through the upcoming weekend, and players should keep an eye on the Xbox Insider Hub as well as Crackdown 3's social media channels for more information. Uh, it's a weird spot that Crackdown 3 finds itself in because I'm still marginally excited and interested in how the game does, uh, but overall, it's been on the burner for so long. It's been a game that has had one of the longest and most, I guess, not strenuous, but one of the most dreadful development cycles in recent memory. Uh, now, I will admit 
that the game does seem to have kind of made a resurgence in people's interest over the past couple of months. And of course, the technical test is going to be one of the first things that really does prove if this game has any kind of credence going into the rest of 2019. Uh, one of the biggest things they're playing off of for this game coming out on Xbox is the Xbox Game Pass uh, on day one launch. Because if you do have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass, it is free for you to play. So you can dive in and give it a shot. Uh, but overall, will it be enough to really keep people playing the game? Obviously, it being free for subscribers is a big boost to its player count to begin with. Uh, but is it zany enough? Is it, you know, so filled with explosions that you can look past somewhat of a bad graphical wrap on it? You know, it doesn't look that pretty when it comes down to it. So ultimately, will it be a good game? Will it be a success? That's still yet to be seen. But hey, if you're a fan of Terry Crews, then by all means, you can dive in and give it a shot and give it a look if you do want to check it out. And again, the game is launching on February the 15th on the Xbox One and Windows 10 PCs via the Windows Store. Unfortunately, no Steam or even the Epic Games Store. I know, it makes no sense to me to keep pumping out pretty solid games via the Windows 10 Store. Just don't get it. With that being said, we have confirmation that Take-Two's CEO is actually a big supporter, or at least somewhat a supporter of the Epic Games Store. We believe or excuse me, we have not been a believer in exclusive relationships. Our approach, they say, is to be wherever the consumer is. That's right. Could be everywhere. Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick says the company doesn't intend to exclusively distribute its games on the Epic Games Store, as the company isn't a believer in exclusive relationships. During an earnings call this morning in reference to if Take-Two is considering digitally distributing its games on the Epic Games Store. That's a tongue twister right there need to recover from that one. Exclusively for higher profit margins, Zelnick said, quote, our approach is to be wherever the consumer is and we distribute very widely. Generally speaking, we have not been a believer in exclusive relationships and I wouldn't comment on any particular store. The question's been raised. Shouldn't you as a company be exclusively direct to consumer? I think our experience is that customers and consumers want to shop where they can get a multiplicity of titles, Zelnick said. Our strategy is to be broadly distributed. We're happy that Epic's going into the business and we're happy Happy to have someone else at the table. In an interview with GamesIndustry.biz, Zelnick further expounded on the Epic Games Store, saying, quote, from our point of view, we don't see another retailer as a disruption. We want to be where the consumer is, and if there is a competitive offering that benefits consumers, generally speaking, if there is a business model that makes sense for us, we will support it. We want to be where the consumer is. We see competition on the retail side to be a good thing, it just means more distribution. In regards to Take-Two potentially exclusively delivering games directly to consumers as other companies have done, Zelnick said, We think it's very difficult to try and attract consumers only through a wholly owned captive site. That's not how consumers shop. If you focus is... Excuse me, if your focus is solely on capturing retail margin, then you have to be very convinced you're going to be a great retailer. That's not something that's in our DNA. We make entertainment. We're not really a retailer. Elsewhere in the conference call, Zelnick touched on the free-to-play model and how Take-Two's games don't necessarily align with it, saying, quote, The truth is when you deliver an amazing AAA experience, consumers show up for it. You give consumers what they want, and they'll show up. And of course, they have more information on the overall call that was uh, held and also the GamesIndustry.biz article. But essentially, uh, what they're saying here is that Take-Two is going to go where the gamers are. I want to be where the gamers are, in the words of The Little Mermaid. Uh, but overall, a pretty good approach to this, I would say. And it's cool to see that they aren't so focused on higher profit margins uh, as compared to being where they need to be. 
You know, they go where the people need them to go. And so if that is on the Epic Game Store, that's where you can find their games. If that is on Steam, that's where you can find their games. That is a pretty good setup to have and a good mindset uh, going forward. Of course, with potentially Red Dead Redemption 2 coming to PC sometime between 2020 and 2021, I would be shocked if it came out in 2019, but I would love to see it. Uh, so we'll see what happens going forward. Of course, I would love uh, for the Epic Game Store to take off. And a lot of people have said, you know, they're diehard devotees to Steam. A lot of people have been against Epic Games starting up a store to begin with. And I will say this, and I always like to reiterate this when I can. Uh, any kind of competition within an industry that is overwhelmingly dominated by any kind of monopoly is going to benefit the consumer in the long run because it forces, if anything, the company in power or the person in power to iterate and to change things and to become the place where people want to spend their money. And that's what Steam is currently facing right now. I would love to love Steam again. Right now, I don't. It's fine. But it needs to have a giant redesign, which we were promised and should get in 2019. Uh, it needs to have a different business model for any developers that is more welcoming instead of having a relatively unfair split, in my personal opinion. So if Epic Games Store rises to the top, that's fine with me. If Steam continues to dominate but does see some change because of this entire situation, that's also fine with me. We'll see what happens. But hey, looks like the Take-Two CEO doesn't care either way. Solid. Nice. But one of the games you could be buying very soon is, in fact, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered because it finally has a release date. You can revolt on March the 29th of 2018. Ubisoft announced the release date for Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered today. This fancier version of the Revolutionary, in setting at least third entry, and its spinoff Liberation will launch on March the 29th. You can, of course, check out how much has changed since the original in the comparison trailer as shown in the article. It looks quite a bit nicer, doesn't it? But also, gosh, that's a lot of yellow, the author says. Someone at Ubisoft is a Deus Ex Human Revolution fan, clearly. Still, the lighting looks vastly improved, and the higher-resolution textures make it easy to forget. It's over six years old. Oh my god, it's over six years old. Why? How? Am I old? Jesus. There's 4K support and HD support, HDR support, as well. As well as the main game and the spinoff, you'll also get the DLC, including that one where George Washington tries to become a king. The tyranny of King Washington. Nice. It's good to have ambitions, and they've also been updated. Now, season pass owners of Assassin's Creed Odyssey get all of this automatically, but it will also be on sale separately if you did want to dive in. Now, in my personal opinion, uh, it is one of the best games in the Assassin's Creed franchise, and unfortunately, I can't go to the actual video itself. I wish that I could, though. Man, what a wonderful world that would be. Uh, but Assassin's Creed 3 is my favorite, uh, or at least one of my favorite entries in the Assassin's Creed franchise, because there was something about the combat, uh, and there was something about the setting of the revolution that really did just kind of vibe with me. Uh, of course, in high school, I was a huge AP US history nerd, so that's really no shock to anybody. Makes sense, if you ask me. Uh, but very good game. Solid storyline. Not my favorite assassin, but overall, the setting makes up where the assassin lacks. So overall, if you did want to dive in and check out Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, if you have never played the original, or if you want to check out Liberation, a game that originally came out on the Vita, was then re-released on the PS3 and the X, or something along those lines, you can get a ton of Assassin's Creed for a relatively affordable price, considering that these games are old and they've been remastered and all that good stuff. And also, Tyranny of King Washington, solid DLC, perhaps one of the best in history. However, if Assassin's Creed isn't necessarily one of your favorites, then you might still be playing Fortnite like a loser. Just kidding. Uh, however, you can now merge your accounts together. And guess what? 
I'm going to tell you how it works. Players can now keep all of their V-Bucks, skins, and other items in one account. Thank God. Epic's previously announced account merging system for Fortnite has gone live. Players who have multiple Fortnite accounts across platforms are now able to unify them, and all of their previously earned skins, V-Bucks, and other items are all under one Epic account. The tool can be found on Epic's website, but the actual process of merging accounts is fairly complex. First, you'll need to designate one account as primary and the other as secondary, and you can read how to do that over on the blog. One of these accounts must have been used on the PS4 and the other on Xbox One or Nintendo Switch before September 28th of 2018. After you've designated a primary and secondary account to merge together, your secondary account will be disabled and all of the cosmetics and V-Bucks it contained will be held for two weeks before finally being transferred over to your primary account. And of course, you can read all of that on the official website. Epic first announced its plans to let Fortnite players merge their console accounts together last September after Sony, Sony not Sony, I don't know who that is. After Sony finally allowed the PS4 version of the game to support crossplay with other consoles. The tool was originally scheduled to launch back in November, but Epic ultimately delayed it to early 2019 due to ongoing technical concerns. We want to make sure that this process is thoroughly tested and working properly before releasing it to those of you currently looking to transfer purchases from other accounts to your primary account, the company said. Uh, to have a bit of an aside here, could you have imagined if this had happened and it didn't work properly. Like if you tried to merge accounts together and all of a sudden your eight months of grinding skins and, and pouring V-Bucks from your mother's credit card into your account, imagine if all of that was gone. Do you know the backlash they would have faced? This is a very good decision to postpone this for a bit. Uh, the account merging system arrives just as season seven of BR in Fortnite is winding down and ahead of season eight, players have begun to experience earthquakes in the game during matches, suggesting some big world changing event will happen before the new season kicks off as it tends to do. In the meantime, you can pursue our complete Season 7 Challenges Guide over there on GameSpot if you did want to do that. Uh, now, Random Streak in the chat says, Ouch, I'm an epic gamer. Hey, it's all fine. As long as you're gaming and you're happy, that's all that matters to me. Uh, but if you did want to merge console accounts together, you can now do that. And it's always good to be able to get everything under one account. Uh, because to have multiple games or multiple accounts for one specific game is always a pain. And now that Crossplay is officially live, hey... It's way less to worry about, and you can finally unify everything in one place. Uh, but that wraps it up for today's episode of Caffeinate. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's show, and if you did, be sure to drop me a like down below. And of course, if you are watching live on Twitch, I appreciate you immensely. Thank you for joining me for today's show. And I'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode, filling you in on the hottest gaming news of the day, as I always do, five nights a week, over on twitch.tv slash Adams at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. But until then, you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. I will talk to you soon. Peace.